Welcome to the Intimacy Lab. I'm Michelle Renee, an intimacy guide, surrogate partner, and professional cuddler. We're here to talk about intimacy in a much broader view than what you're probably thinking. Most people think about intimacy as sex. We're going to break that apart here. Welcome to the lab. Hello. I'm so excited for this conversation. We put it on pause when it came up in a in a personal phone call between us and um, decided it would be a really great topic to record so that other people can glean from Brian's personal life experience. So today I'm with Brian Gibney, who I lovingly, lovingly refer to as my work husband, Um, We make a lot of professional babies together. So hello, Brian. Hi, Michelle. Do you want to let everybody know who you are real quick? Even though my hope is that you become a regular in my little circle of like cast of characters that will be joining me on this new adventure. Um, But right now, nobody's going to know who you are unless they've followed me on, I don't know many things but go ahead introduce yourself brian i'm i'm always happy to introduce myself so hi i'm brian gibney um he him um i know michelle mostly through my work as a surrogate partner and like she said the various uh, babies that we have together um but i'm also an intimacy coach i'm a sex worker i do a lot of education and outreach and advocacy um in the worlds between uh the talk therapy world and the um the touch world on a more personal level um i'm not monogamous i'm kinky i have been so for a long time 20 25 years um and it's taken a lot of different a lot of different twists and turns over those those years so it's been it's been quite a ride so the i don't know a couple weeks ago i had a friend over and we were cuddling here in my studio because i am incredibly sensually attractive attracted to him that's a whole nother conversation that i'll probably have in an episode about the difference between sensual attraction and sexual attraction and um i popped out to use the restroom when i came back in he said tell me about this poster that you have on the wall of your office. And this poster says, um, loving relationships, nature's order versus culture's order. Mm. And um, I, I keep this in my office to remind me to slow down in my work. And so number one at the top in nature's order is safety. Number two is proximity, meaning we get closer together in physical space. Three is touch and sex. Four is bonding and love. And then of course, culture's order is exactly the opposite. We mm-hmm. we move from the bottom up of bonding and love, which I think of as like, I met someone, I create a story about them. I fall in love with that story, right? right. And, and, and then and your and your identity in that story, right? Like we yes, are a couple, we are dating. Right? You've got a whole story about them. And then you move to touch and sex and you want all this time with them and closeness. And then you're like, but why do I not feel safe? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so much of our work is about creating the safety component. And it feels foreign to a lot of people. It feels so foreign to people because we've gone into this hookup culture where I, I personally, when I was dating, I practiced a lot of, you know, one night stands and I have no issue with that kind of relating. Um, But I do wonder now that I have the background that I have, what it would be like for Michelle to date Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. versus back in say, you know, 2014, 2015, when I was really active in the dating world and kind of getting a feel of what does Michelle want post-divorce. And, and, and I I don't know what I would look like in the dating world, but guess what? Brian is actively dating and <laughs> Brian and I have a lot of similarities. Um, I was a self-proclaimed slut um, back in the day and I still am mentally. Like I think that I aspire to a certain sluttiness that I just find myself not acting on for multiple reasons. But Brian, when I brought this question to him, cause the friend asked, how do you, let me back this up. The friend asked, okay, but Michelle, 
how does that look in the real world? I know how it looks mm. in your professional world, but how do we go about establishing safety when we meet a new person? And I started to like think about things. And the closest I came to, and you might laugh at this, Brian, was <laughs> taking our food mandala into mm -hmm. a restaurant situation. That was the best I could come up with because I'm not in the dating world. And I said, you know what? Let me talk to Brian. I'm sure Brian has a great answer for this. And so hence this conversation. I don't I don't know if I have a great answer. I, I will have You have an, an answer. answer. I have I have I have I have lots of considerations. Uh lots of like stumbling through things. Um before I even talk about this, I, I do want us to say something about what you said before about hookup culture. And I think a lot of people assume that hookup culture is just having one night stands, right? Um, but I think even the folks that are not doing one night stands, I think it's a different kind of hookup culture. Like they are dating to find a mate. And like you said, have like insert themselves into that story. Um, so even if it's not... Um, casual sex there is there is dating into a story there's dating dating to do this thing that is subtext to the relationship itself okay let me premise my comment yep. then when i was dating i looked at everything as a as a one night stand that could turn into something else mm, right okay yeah, yeah, yeah so both of my well i i'd say i had three relationships post dating. I did a lot of dating and I did a lot of fucking. Mm -hmm. Um but I I think I hung out with one guy for like 6 weeks. It was fun. Um second guy was over a course of years uh, uh, as a polyamorous person. Um I'd say we are still connected in some way even though I wouldn't consider us dating anymore. Um and the third one is now my husband and I I will say they all started out as one night stands because mm. I didn't know if anything was going to happen after that. I didn't go into it looking for it to happen but being open to it. Okay, right? So okay. that's in my head hookup culture is is interchangeable cuz that's how I yeah, yeah, practiced yeah. it. So thank that's, you for clarifying that for others out there. And that's that's fascinating for me because like as someone who identifies as a slut that's not how I date at all. Right? And I've had this conversation with several of my partners about like, I am slutty. I like having I like having intimate relationships with many different people, and that intimacy may be physical intimacy, sexual intimacy, like emotional intimacy. But like when I'm dating, I'm not I'm not even really there yet, right? Um, and can I just like go into go into like what dating looks like for me? Go for it. Um, I think most most of the times when I'm introduced to a new person, it is probably through a dating app that I'm on, right? And we match with each other. Each other. I I I am in a relatively small community, um. So finding other non-monogamous folks, um. People are usually like, oh, okay, you're not monogamous, cool, like, we should talk. But people often come to me not with a lot of experience in non-monogamy um, or identifying as sluts themselves. And they're like, wow, like, the, the stuff that you say on your profile is really bold. <laughs> um, I put myself out there right from the very beginning. You know, I, I identify as a sex worker. I identify as, um, as a slut. I say up front, like, I have multiple relationships already. Um, and when we start to have conversations, when we start to chat, very soon in the, in the conversation, it's like, are you curious about this? Is this something that you have experience in? And like, you want to find more people in that community so you can find kinship. Um, just to gauge where people are, where I, like, are we actually on, operating on the same level? Um, I've noticed that a lot of people contact me because they're just curious, right? Like I have the long flowing hair and, and my, my, uh, my profile pictures and people are like, Oh, you have such beautiful hair. I'm like, buddy, have you read my profile? Right? Do you know what I'm about? And they're like, actually I haven't. I'm like, okay, so Google some things that you see in there that you're not familiar with and then come back to me. 
So this like, happens on the other side too. I just want to oh, say like, abs- that absolutely. was my, I mean, that's like my experience back from the dating apps, but also my experience from like fat life or wherever, like yeah. people don't read. Even my cuddlest profile, people don't read. Right. I don't know if my experience is really indicative of everybody else's um, because I have a picture of like me doing circus stuff. Like it's, you know, that's not typical. Um, But yeah, nine times out of 10, people do some Googling or I explain like the work that I do or I explain, you know, ethical non-monogamy and they're like, oh, peace out. Nope, that's not what I want at all. Cool. Great. Like. We have come to an understanding this is not going to be a good match. Um, and the rest of the people kind of fall into one of two categories, which is like, I'm already in this community. I already have experience in this, this way of life and this mindset. Um, I just want to meet more people like this, whether we want to fuck or not, right? Or... I've never really felt comfortable in monogamy and I'm really curious about learning about your experiences in non-monogamy. Usually if we've matched at that point in time, there's, there's like an acknowledgement of like some kind of chemi- like chemistry or curiosity, right? Like, oh, you're kind of, kind of cute. Oh, you're kind of cute too. But when I date folks, it, it's, it's almost never like, let's bang. Right? It starts with that curiosity. Question. Yeah. Can I pause you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the case before you started doing this work? Um, that's a really good question. And I think I was coming to it organically before I started the work, and the work absolutely fast tracked it. Because I definitely, there was a point in my, my early non-monogamy where I was like, yeah, let's, like, let's go out and let's fuck and like, let's jump into it um, because we're all sex positive people. And that just really didn't jive well with who I am as a person, the kind of the shape of the relationships that I wanted. Um, so I, I messed up enough times to, to be like, maybe I need to rethink my strategies here. That's not. It's not working out. And it's not that anything in that was harmful or unsafe, but it wasn't really speaking to the kind of relationships that I wanted. So there's that. I probably would have got there with enough time. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, but so, so when I am dating people, when I'm talking about the potential like to go on a date with someone, um, I'm usually really upfront where I'm like, hey, I would love to meet you over coffee. And let's see after that if we want to if we want to meet again, get to know each other, if there's chemistry, right? There's always when you're dating me, there's like this built-in pause button at the end of the first first meeting. Even if like the the there's a lot of chemistry, it's like you're hot. Okay, cool. Like we recognize that in each other. Let's see if we feel the same way tomorrow. I do this but, in my work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? It's like um, we don't renegotiate in the middle of mm-hmm. a, a, a scene or a session. Or now you're saying like you've got a very clear. We're gonna pause and let the hormones chill out mm-hmm. and let us get our brains back to baseline and then we're going to make some decisions yeah and, let, and let's see what we really want right like are we compatible relate as far as our relationship goals um are we just horny and we want to fuck each other like is one or the other of us coming out of place from place of scarcity um and that happens a lot when when i am dating other people that like i am not operating from a place of scarcity at this stage in my life like i um i am fairly polysaturated um but often people that come to me are just coming out of long-term relationships or coming off of like a a self-imposed um period where they're not having any sex or any partners and they're they are ready to go um so more often than not i'm the one who's like okay let's pause and, and reassess um 
which is so you're going to ask them the difficult questions is is how i'm interpreting that as like no let's actually be upfront and honest what do you want out of this yeah and this and this is something absolutely that i have that has been informed by my work um like to ask those questions to slow down to like not assume anything right like what kind of relationship style are you looking for how often do you want to get together right what does this mean to you? What does this mean to you, right? What kind of what kind of place am I going to hold in your life? And these are these are things that we talk about in that like first coffee. The the looks on people's faces. <laughs> they're just like, "You're what are we talking about? Like you're blowing my mind." And whether we decide to meet again or not, um Almost everybody that I've gone on a date with has been like, I have never had a first date like that. Um, which I think is pretty cool, right? Like I don't I don't want to spend a date talking about the weather or small talk stuff, sports teams or what movies we like or whatever, right? Like or the, the work that we do can really take up a lot of space because people mm-hmm. are super curious and then it becomes yeah. the Brian show or the Michelle show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so even if I talk about the work, I talk about the work in a way that like brings it back to like and this is how it informs my relationships, right? This is or this is what like my life looks like. Do you want to be a part of that? That's a that's a lot of conversation, I think. Uh that I have with folks. You know, I have multiple partners. I do this I do this work. I'm a dad. Like where do you see yourself fitting into this? Um and I, I really want to have a conversation with them about their lives too. You know, do they have any partners? If they don't have any partners, like, what, what are they motivated to explore in relationship? And what kind of need do they have? Like, I want to know that in the very beginning too. This reminds me. Oh, do you remember when I had that therapist that wanted to be friends after we ended our mm-hmm. client? client mm-hmm. work together and we sat down i mean after i ran to you and said okay brian what are the what are the monsters under the bed that i should think about and we sat down and just had a negotiation what are we looking for in friendship yeah and how do you show up as a friend and how do you show up as a friend and is there overlap there and it felt so mature right. like this is the most adult thing mm-hmm. that maybe i ever mm-hmm. done at that point and so it's so cool to think that you're doing it also on the first date because it makes total sense yeah yeah and 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 like it really sets the tone for the rest of the relationship right so we talked like we got into this conversation about safety right like for me safety and integrity are completely linked like i am showing up in agreement with how my how like the words that i am telling you right so if in the first date i say this is how I show up in relationship. Then in the future, we get to say, okay, is this actually what we're doing here? Mm-hmm. Right? And if they're showing up differently, I say, okay, like we had this conversation before. Do we need to reassess the relationship? Do we need to talk about like things are like our priorities are different now? Or are you finding there are some things that like maybe you didn't have a lot of self-awareness about, which happens, right? Like, Nobody's we get falling. to change our minds, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you don't so, know what you don't know. Yeah, so like leaving room for that, leaving room for people to evolve, for relationships to evolve, um, but also like being really intentional, communicating with each other about like this is this is what I want and need right now. This is what I want from you. This is what I like. This is this is how I can show up, whether it's my capacity emotionally or time wise. Um, you know, there are some there are some partners that I've started a relationship with. They're like, I like really want to be your friend, like, and I could see this developing to something more. But like, I am in a very asexual part of my life right now. Like, I'm just not just not feeling that kind of draw. And I'm like, cool. Like, depending where I am, the conversation might be like, I would love to have you as a friend, or like where my bandwidth is with other partners is like i'm leaning into these relationships maybe we'll have a little bit of time for you but not a lot of time for you right like yeah i want to make space for the asexual community just to remind everyone that relationships especially in the poly world 
mm-hmm. don't have to be sexual sexual yeah. relationships, yeah. right? So if you were like, I I think I have really strong feelings for you, I mean, you wouldn't know that on a coffee date, but as the friendship progressed, right? Like for a lot of people in the poly poly world, that doesn't preclude them from being in a partnership. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I look for when I'm dating is not not a romantic relationship, but it's kinship, right? It's like, are we are we on the same level? Do we have the same values? Um, so even though I'm slutty, like if someone is like, okay, example, um, met someone on dating app and um, went on a coffee date with them, and they they're a lovely human being. It turns out that we had like run into each other um, years before, and like we're just like, I recognize you. Okay, cool. Um, we went on a couple more dates, um, and had some like fun cuddle dates, really enjoyed talking to each other, um, did some smooching. And then as we are in these early phases of our, of our relationship, um, they turn to me and they're like, so I think I might be a little bit more queer than I originally thought. I'm like, cool, what does that what does that mean for us? You know, like, I don't know. It's like, okay. Like, do you wanna fuck me right now? You know, like, I don't feel like I need to do that. I'm like, cool, I still enjoy your company. I still wanna spend time with you. Um, let's just put fucking off the table for now. So we've had we had like we continue to have this amazing friendship. Um, I remember the the first pride they went to, they they called me up and they're like, I really want to go butch, right? I really want to show up as my mask self and I have nothing in my wardrobe. And like they were they were like a, a very like tall, um tall woman and or femme femme person and like they were like, Can I borrow some of your clothes? So we like raided my closet. Um, and like found a good, a good, like, like mask look for them. Like that, that was as satisfying to me as anything else in the relationship, right? To like see them come out of their shell and see like, this is what they're evolving into. Um, this is where I get hung up on the labels, right? Because, um, I don't identify as polyamorous. Mm Mm-hmm. But I have the my kind of like inner circle of people that would probably fall under some form of partnership mm-hmm. in yeah. a lot of different ways, right? Like you and I even, we have a very lovely relationship that is primarily based around work, but I know so much about you. You know so much about me, like total inner circle person. Yeah, yeah, yeah lovership of ways right that is an Mm -hmm. old term i used to use a lot back in my early early exploration days like i get really i get really tired of the labels and i understand why they're necessary yeah but i i also don't live in a i don't i think about my old monogamous life back pre pre current version of michelle when i was you know in michelle 1.0 and like it was not a, a relationship where I was encouraged to have this depth of, of relationship with my friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The intimacy, the non-sexual, I'm talking like yeah. emotional intimacy that I had, that I have now would never be encouraged. Yeah, well, that's, that's, re- that's reserved for your partner, right? Like, right. That's what, that's what we're told. That energy goes to that, that one person in your life. Yeah. And I just don't do that now. Yeah. And I, so, and I like my relationships, like there's, there's an ebb and flow between friendship and sexy partner and romantic partner. Um, and at any given point in time, like there might be one aspect of that that's on pause and then like it might get rekindled, rekindled later or not. Like we talk about this a lot like how scarcity and scripts play out in relationships. Like I have, I have like really in the past couple of years untangled a lot of the scripts. I've unscripted my life, like, and just being really present with folks and seeing where they are and what we want. Um, what does I, it take to be, what does it take to be labeled a partner in your world? I'm curious. Oh, oh. Um, so I almost always have a modifier with a partner right it's not just a partner 
Um, so like, um, I have in my life someone that is like a, I'm, I'm a relationship anarchist. I don't do hierarchy in relationships. That just doesn't fit well with, with how I like to do things. But I have someone who is probably more, more looks like a primary partner or more of a nesting partner or a domestic partner. Um, I have people in my life that are sexy friends, you know, sexy partners. And that feels, that feels different from someone that I would consider a lover, right? Where there's that kind of like romantic component. And we often have, like, my, my, my people and I have these conversations of, like, if we are going to identify each other in this relationship, like, where, where would we be? Would we be, would we be sexy friends? Would we, would we, would we be lovers? Um, and it's, it's fun to have those conversations because usually there's a realization of, like, oh, how we started off or how we, like, when we had this conversation three months ago, I'm feeling a little different right now. Like, you started off as a sexy friend. And I'm feeling like some some lover feelings right now. And then there's usually like some wiggles and like, oh really? Is that what you're feeling? Um and it can just as easily go the other way. Um I have I have a lover in my life and um she uses the term repotting, like like repotting plants. Um like when a partner doesn't fit in this pot anymore, it's time to give them another pot it's time to give them another home i love that um, yeah. i'm gonna, a, I'm gonna a, borrow that because that i always say renegotiate but that just but sounds it, kind of like businessy yeah 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 and like repotting is like so gentle and like feels like domestic and nurturing yeah. i'm writing it down right now in my post-it nice. note nice um yeah so like i had a i had a repotting conversation with this this lover a couple of months ago like eight months ago, um, when I had, I got very sick, um, and I was flat out, like barely able to move for like a week straight. And I, I don't usually get sick like that. And I hadn't, I hadn't asked for her help. I hadn't asked to be taken care of. And that was really hurtful to him. And we had a conversation of like, what's what space do you think you occupy in my life right it like that sounds really harsh but also it's like, managing expectations it's, yeah and like what do you think i need right um you know it's, it's getting back to betty martin's real consent right like you you think you're giving a gift to me what gift do you think you're giving and is that a gift i really want mm-hmm. right and that was a hard conversation like she had never had a conversation like this before. Um, and it, it pinged a lot of relationship insecurity that she had. And at the end of the conversation or towards the end of the conversation, she was like, I get it. I'm getting the hint. Like you just don't want to be in a relationship. With me anymore. I'm like, no, no, that's not what we're talking about at all. Like what I'm saying is I want to be in this kind of relationship with you. Like I don't feel the need to have this and this and this component. Mm -hmm. If you feel the need to have that and that component, let's talk about it. Let's talk about why you feel that need. Mm -hmm. Because when we first started going out, when we first started being sexy friends, one of the things that was great about our relationship for her was that she was incredibly busy. She had, she's on the spectrum, so she has limited emotional bandwidth. And she's like, great, I get to see you once a week for a concentrated amount of time and not think about it anymore. But somewhere in the mix, something changed. Yeah. Right? And, and my rejection of her gift felt like a rejection of the whole package. So we got to, we got to talk about that. I mean, hell, we're still talking about it six or eight months later. Mm. 20, years, 20 years ago when I started being non-monogamous or like when I was, you know, a teenager and I started dating, no way I had these conversations. Yeah, I mean it's the slowing down factor. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is like I, I'm in my head going, ooh, the title of this episode is gonna be like, like something like, What's it like to date an intimacy professional? That, right. you know, a, a a really um well like 
I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say all intimacy professionals ever about anything. Right. But what's it like to date this intimacy professional? The wheel of consent background specifically really starts some really interesting conversations Yeah. with that question of who is this for? And like you said, is this really, you know, who's this gift for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, like, I often tell partners, like I, I want to unfuck relationships. I want to, I want to look at the scripts that we have all been taught are normal and be like, why are we doing this? Like, yeah. why do we have this expectation that we have to do this? Um, why do we have the expectation that we celebrate anniversaries? Why do we have the expectation that we, um, you know, go out on a hot date night, whatever that looks, you know, like go to an expensive restaurant, buy some wine, stuff ourselves. And then like, why are we having sex? Like. Right, yeah. right. Why the whole Dan Savage? You got to fuck first, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and so, so, so that comes up in conversation a lot. And so many of of my partners, we like, we have our sex schedule worked out, where it's where it's like, okay, my body actually is wants sex organically at this time of day, and I have this kind of freedom in my schedule at this time of day. Like, let's work within that that those ranges rather than being like oh we have to go out we have to stuff ourselves first and then we like and then we fuck uh, or it's not a date if we don't fuck right like right. Yeah. yeah yeah i the expectation thing and and, I, and here's the thing i want to say is like i'm a big proponent of everybody doing relationship the way that it works for them mm-hmm. My definition of partnership I've found through, you know, reading other people's books like Jessica Fern and Polly Secure, I had that, I had a light bulb moment where she asked, like, asked people to negotiate, do you want this to be an attachment-based relationship? And my brain exploded because I was like, people have relationships that aren't attachment-based. Talk to me more about that because that's like, I'm curious. Yeah. So attachment to me, this is just completely through my filter of what I remember Mm -hmm. because my comprehension is shit. I just want to preface this that you may have read the book and had a completely different um, interpretation, but that like, I think of it this way. This is the way I compare it. My, my San Diego wife, Sarah, if I don't hear from Sarah for two weeks, I don't think anything of it. A question of, are we still friends? Does she still like me? None of that happens. My partner, Paul, we've spent a lot of time long distance over the course of our relationship. And if I didn't get a good night text from him, I was like in spiral. Mm -hmm, Are we breaking mm -hmm. up? Like, so while Sarah is very much in a category where if I was a a practicing or or declaring myself polyamorous, Sarah would fit as a partner Mm -hmm. of some sort. But for me, I, I say, I joke, and this is maybe like, I could work on it in therapy, I suppose said with a big eye roll as I love therapy, but also do a lot of my own processing constantly. For me, I am very attachment monogamous. And so mm-hmm. that's why I don't take like this. Reading this book was where I went, oh, now it makes sense why I don't take the label of polyamory because a, a relationship for me feels like it's it's about a, it's about where is my attachment? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to get super geeky for a second um, about like language and stuff like that, because when you and I could be using the same word attachment and it can mean completely different things. Absolutely. We talk about attachment theory. We right. you could talk about the Buddhist and, and being, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, away from mm-hmm. attachment and things like there's so many, like, it's like love means yeah. a different thing to everyone. You say romantic. What does that mean? Like, so yeah, that's where I, that's where I go, but please geek out with me. Yeah. 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 So, so like, cause I've had these conversations with partners too about like what, what attachment, what dating, what what labels means, right? Because like, because if I say lover, I have a a very certain picture, like a, a picture in my mind of what that looks like. And if I say sexy friend, I, you know, if I say I'm attached to this person, um, they all look certain ways. Um, but almost never is that exactly what the people like 
across from me are thinking too, right? So like when I ask someone like, do you, like how do you feel about, how do you feel our attachment is, right? Um, just like what you were saying, like there, there are different kinds of attachment for different people in my lives. And I consider all those people attached just with different rules, right? Like not let the rules are ever really static, but like we, how that attachment plays out is different from partner to partner. Um, so there, there are, I have satellite partners that I have not talked to in months. And I know that if I were to call up, we would be able to start up the relationship and just be like there for each other. If I, if something shitty went down in my life and I needed to talk to them, they would be there um, and vice versa. But like day-to-day stuff doesn't, doesn't need to happen. Same. And like you said, there, yeah, there, there are people in my life, like if I am not, if I'm not contacting them on a daily basis, it's like, wow, I feel like I really feel that loss. Yeah. It, it's all language. It's all yeah. labels. It's all these, I don't know. I just, I, I, I love the depth of relationships that I mm. get to develop and nurture and Paul and I have just decided not to use the labels around polyamory. Yeah. yeah. You know? And it's I, I joke, this is the way I describe it as my my poly friends think I'm monogamous and my monogamous friends think I'm poly and I'm okay I being think, in the gray zone somewhere. I, I think I think you are very poly in like the most academic sense of the word of like many loves, right? Like there are lots of people that are loves in your life. Absolutely. Um, you're just not fucking them and that's okay i don't even think the fucking part isn't is a part of it because like i certainly have people that i would call satellite lovers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm not in a place personally right now where i'm like stacking them up but i'm 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 optimistic that things in me will shift as i keep growing and changing and i'm just in a space where i feel pretty i'm not i'm never going to be sexually monogamous like 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 to the real like the regular definition oh please Um, but i have my own definition of that Mm -hmm. and um and it works for us it goes back to that do the thing that works for you and if you're talking about it like here's a fun example of how easily we talk about it in my household i was painting last weekend painting a wall in my bedroom i think my bedroom is incredibly sexy now and i feel very good getting into bed every night and as i'm painting my husband comes in and says, so I'm filling out this application for this play party and I have to describe myself. And he comes up with this really intense description of like all these different, you know, code words. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I just go, does it feel good to you? Go for it. Like, and he goes, I just love how easy this is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't even stop painting. Well, we're having this discussion of like, how do you label how you show up in the sexual liberated world or the relationship liberated world? And, and it just doesn't, I don't even pause to like, really like, make a thing out of it. It's just this, yeah, sure. Okay. But I got to get back to like, you know, cutting in this color, right? right? right. Like priorities, priorities. It's just, it's normal for us to talk about it. And we've never set like a this is what we are and we're going to be this way for the rest of our relationship. Mm-hmm. We've made a real um, conscious effort to renegotiate our relationship on the regular yeah. to check in about how it's going on the regular, that these are, these are not, these are, these are not set in stone. This is, this is what our relationship is. It's just a, it's, it's permeable. Mm-hmm. There's an ebb and flow to it. Yeah. And that, oh, like looping back to like what we started talking about about safety like that feels safe to me like having that freedom to redefine the relationship it is like a huge weight off my chest and that doesn't mean i'm not going to get sad or they're not going to get sad right or disappointed or disappointed we like we'll fucking handle that right but i but i the worst thing that could happen for me in a relationship is that the outward appearance of the relationship doesn't jive with my feelings of the relationship. That feels awful. So like in service to that, I would much rather 
take those little dings of this expectation doesn't get met. I, I have a no or something like that because it just feels so much better. If you're afraid to be disappointed, you're never going to have real intimacy yeah, it, because there's always going to be a wall. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a mask between what you really want and what you're willing to say out loud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people ask me like what I look for in a partner and I think they're assuming like a certain type of physique or look or like comfort with sexuality or something like that. And like, yeah, like general sex positivity is, is definitely a big thing in my life, but like an ability to navigate changes, um, an ability to be like adaptable. Like those are, those are, really the biggest characteristics in a partner that I look for. Like communicates well, self-aware, adaptable, um, like has integrity so their like actions line up with their words as best as they can. You know, those are those are things that I'm really looking for. That starts on date one, right? Because you're having that conversation and they're gonna self-select out if that feels overwhelming Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm incredibly foreign or they are not ready to stretch yep yep that usually shows up when people are like i don't think i can handle you and i'm like you are probably right you cannot handle trust me. And that that's, and that's okay right yep. yep and and people come to me i'm i'm like gesturing at myself come to me for this mm-hmm. um because i do present in a certain way um and they're like "Ooh, what a yummy treat Mm-hmm. I've been there. Yeah. I got you. rid of that thought about you, just, but that's okay. I still think you're yummy in all sorts I, of other ways. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but like the people that are willing to overlook those warning flags of like, this is, this is not in alignment with what I want to get to that yummy treat. Like that doesn't feel good for me. Well, that's not like, that's not really relating. No. That's consumption. Mm. And there are ways to get consumption. Right. Pay me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think as you're saying that, like my, oh, wow. Okay. I just made some fun connections. Like the experiences that I had with people who were trying to do that in a relationship with me and the experiences that I had with people that were, um, observing me as a circus performer and then wanting to like interact with me after a show and 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 seeing me as this one little niche thing this this trope this like singular facet of myself um feels very similar we are Hmm. full people yeah that are in touch with all the little crevices and corners of our psyche at least I think of myself that way as like on a regular basis, I'm touching, touching on some of those spots. And I want someone who wants all of those yeah. pieces, the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I need someone who wants all of those pieces. <gasps> well, I'm saying they have to accept me for all of those right. things. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of polyamory, right? Is that there doesn't have to be complete overlap. The Venn diagram does not have to completely overlap. And I don't even think in monogamy it has to completely overlap. But I I do think that I shouldn't have to hide a part of myself to be in relationship. Like, I'm a crier. Right. Like really? I am super I in touch. About you. So in touch, Brian. I don't know if you know this about me. Yeah, yeah. Um, my gosh, if somebody ever cracked into our Marco Polos, there would be like just Michelle sobbing. Um, but if I had a partner that couldn't hold that part of yeah. me, we yeah. would not be compatible. Even yeah. my work relationships, if you can't, if you're uncomfortable with Michelle showing up in all of her different feelings. Not gonna, not gonna You're, be a good match. I, I'm not gonna be safe with you, mm-hmm. and I've not. I, I do have people in my life that I hold those parts back from, but I will not. I will say that it's their loss, um, because they don't feel safe enough for me to show up fully. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and, and that's just, that's how I create my safety. They, they lose out on a part of me and I would not do that in my dating worlds. Yeah. Same, same thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Like my, my priorities and the people that I interact with, like I have a lot of intimacy in my life, but relatively small circles. Cause I don't, I don't want to filter myself in that way. Right. Like I don't want to chop off parts of myself because that doesn't really fit in with a, a relationship. So I gravitate, like I invest in the relationships where I can show up as my most self. Um, if people can't handle it, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I'm like the ring of a circle, or the ring of a tree, right? And mm-hmm. there's sometimes I've looked at it as like a, a, a molecule. And those people that I'm closest to are the people that I let them hold space for me because mm-hmm. otherwise, because I'm a professional, I'm always holding space. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's a choice if I let people hold space for me. And that is, that is kind of how I decide who is in the inner ring or the inner, yeah. the nucleus yeah, yeah, yeah. of my world. I, I, I think I'm very similar. Hmm. Does that feel like a good a good spot to to wrap this yeah i feel it feels wrappable to me i think we can... do you feel like we've answered the question of how does brian date i think so yeah. i think so yeah it's so funny i thought you're gonna come in with like so i sneakily do this little exercise that i learned at what but like i said you know food mandala at the restaurant um in w- one day you know we'll figure out how to explain what yeah, the food mandala yeah. is but um, I, I like that it, it, I'm sitting here going, well, duh, of course, this is how Brian dates. Right. If people want to do exercises, they know the work that I do. I want them to opt into it. Right? Oh, sure. I, yeah. I'm not saying, hey, on date one, let's do this. Right. Well, like, there's a difference between are you worthy, like worthy. That's not the right word. Are you someone who qualifies as a peer? Mm. Or are you someone who should be a client, right? I don't want to date clients. I found myself with one of my friends um, saying, I find myself wanting to fix you, Mm. to make you my next project. And so I'm going to not do that. That's my boundary to figure out, right? My my gift to you is to not put our relationship (laughs) in this box. Exactly. It's like, I imagine this is what it's like when you try to date like a talk therapist, right? Is that, you know, my partner and I don't sit sit at night and do the three-minute game or things like that. Now, occasionally we've talked about we should bring it back into our practice just because it's a fun thing Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. do together. But I don't think of it from a place of, I need to teach you this skill so that we can relate better. Like, right. like I right. would with a client. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you can't, yeah, I can't show up and go, okay, let's look at food and make decisions on, are you feeling um, pressured to try this combination of food? Are you feeling excited to try this combination of food? Right. We're, t- we're hinting at the food mandala here, but um yeah, I mean, and I, and I definitely have parties with friends, mixed groups of like friends and lovers, where like we do stuff like that, right? We we have potlucks, we have very intentional food parties, like like fondue parties or something like that, um, where where we're doing that, um, but it is in a very different container than like context. Yeah, yeah, I am not doing this to that you or teach you skills to get into a relationship with me. It's not. Yeah. I I just, I have Betty Martin in my head right now talking about the wheel of consent and how it is a practice and there should be like a start and stop time. It's Hmm. like, it's like doing like a scene, like a BDSM scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to know when it starts and when it stops because you're just practicing. And, and I think as a professional, um, we have to remember, or I, I'm say we. I say we. I should say I have to remember that um, I can't. I I do not want to treat my partner as a client. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be treated as a client either, right? So, but I, I also be, I don't want to. Be, I don't want to be treated as a teacher. Right? I also have this background that reminds me to like Michelle. 
it's okay to let your partner fail, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to come in and rescue. I have limits. I have like a, I have figured out for myself. The times I will get involved is when it's going to personally affect me. Otherwise, hands off. I'm yep. not here to yep. nag yep. or give reminders. You know, it's only when I'm being personally affected do I jump in and and throw my executive function into the ring to support my <laughs> my partner. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Brian. Yay! Thank you. We did it. I'm, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna have more conversations. Uh, this was fun because I'm thinking I've listened to a lot of interviews with Brian Gibney, and it's always about work, and it's so right? cool to just How, talk you don't, about. You don't, you don't get Brian's Brian's personal life a lot. And this is what I want to do with this: is like bring in my my circle and talk more on a how does our work relate to our personal life and how we navigate the world outside of work because mm-hmm. i think it's a lifestyle that we live in yeah. that we we do the work we do and we also live it mm-hmm. outside of our work it just it isn't something that just shows up when we when we walk into session it's just yeah. part of our dna yeah because yeah, i could not imagine being any other way at this point in time yeah yeah and we just get to practice it over and over again yeah yeah sometimes awesome. we get paid for it <laughs> sometimes we get paid for it i mean i think we get paid for it all the time, even without it being a money exchange. Fair, fair, fair. Like, I feel like I'm just practicing all the time. And sometimes it's with people that get to pay to, to have time. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm always practicing it with everybody in my life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have a beautiful one, friend. Mm-hmm. I love you. I hope you do too. Well, and I will talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to comment, pose a question, or learn more about the guests often featured on the show, visit us at intimacylabpodcast.com. Please also take a moment to review us on your favorite podcast app. It's one of the best ways to show your support. As for me, you can find out more about my work at meetmichellerenee.com, as well as on most social medias at meetmichellerenee. Let's connect again soon.